Is my sound okay? I'm like, it's like yeah. tech. Yeah, you're fine, Tamsin. Yeah. Yeah. I've got my, I've got my snowball. I'm good. How many, how many of the uh, waterboard podcasts have we had? Well, I actually just um, released one today, Ooh, so it's podcast it. day today. <laughs> so thank you Fantastic. very much. I've got a whole brace yourself. 33 listeners but i'm taking those 33 and loving them yeah yeah i would cherish everyone (laughs) exactly 29 more than dave gets so you're fine (laughs) yeah 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 and they're all sad so Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode eight, series three of the Frankenstein's RPG podcast. I'm joined this time by Tamsin, Andrew, Fabio, Mark, and Dr. Sir Paul Michener as well, which is great to have him on. And we're looking to uh, reach almost maybe a day new moment. Maybe, maybe we're at the end of the entire campaign. So this will be the last of classic, I guess, uh, section where we'll look to put in an episode for the campaign itself. So fingers crossed you like this. I'm sure you will. It's quite good fun. Uh, some really, really good ideas. And uh, anyway, listen, enough from me. Uh, enjoy this episode eight, series three, Edinburgh, Land of the Ghosts. Hello. Hello, 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 everyone. Now, how are you? All right, thanks. Good. I can't hear this season. It's brilliant. Oh, my <laughs> God. Look, it's a face to the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you before on one of these, Tabs. <laughs> like like a rock star, he appears. I know. Now, so, so, it's important we establish what We're your talking capacity about Princess is. Princess Bride for science fiction. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> Apart from putting on the pressure and making bad faces when we mess with your system. Hmm. Now, Paul, are you in a judging capacity or are you in a participative capacity? Uh, well, I've, I've got something. I, oh. I, like, I like the idea of taking part in this as a regular punter. Happy days. You're in. So, we're going to have to... If you'll have me. We we are we are gonna have to crack Stuart's on. Inquiry. No, no, no. Come on. Remember there, there are no bad ideas. <laughs> there are we all <laughs> get ones, but, um, there yeah. are bad ideas yeah. and there are bad role players. So don't <laughs> Yeah, there there are bad ideas. There's just no good ideas um, <laughs> or something. No, that doesn't make sense. So we're gonna start by introducing each other. We're not introducing each other. Introducing each other. <laughs> One day we should do, totally do that. Uh, Mark, who would you like to introduce? I've never seen him before in my life. Yeah. Can I just introduce myself? Before okay. I <laughs> Old school. Why not? Come on, uh, sorry, Mark Willoughby. Uh, will it be right on Twitter and on uh, now the other place that I've forgotten the name of? Blue uh, Sky? Blue Sky, indeed. Um, 
And I'm here again, alarmingly. Fabio. Fabio Valono here. Uh, this is my first time here on Frankenstein's podcast. I'm the old man. Um, in the role-playing aspect, I work part-time at Leisure Games, the best role-playing game shop in London. And I'm also um, part owner with my wife with Morg Miniatures. So please look at our wonderful little minis. Our, light, our latest Kickstarter was a Mouse Ritter minis. Thank you very much for the invite. The, it's supposed to be an introduction, not a bloody sales pitch, but we'll let it go. <laughs> Tamsin? Can you buy these minis at Leisure Games, Fabio? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? Well, the old in your voice has changed. Uh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Tamsin, um, I'm X Tamsin X on one of the many social... Uh, who knows? There's too many. <laughs> Who knows where my, my words will appear? You just pick one, post on it. But basically, X times an X. Um, if you want to know anything about me, go and listen to all the previous podcasts. And that, <laughs> that's a, a plug for the previous podcast as well. But basically, I can't be bothered repeating myself. Thank you very much. Andrew. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm at Zos93 on about 15 different types of social media. So I'm sure you can find me somewhere. Should you wish to listen to my ramblings? and i feel like should, i'll put a fanfare in before this uh delighted to say we're joined by special guest star paul would you like to introduce yourself uh okay i mean you probably if you're listening to this have some inkling who i am but anyway you can find me on i believe it's blue sky isn't it that's the latest social media thing mm -hmm. so i am the tweedmeister there that's probably the best place if you want to seek me out. Yeah. I've sort of migrated there pretty much now. I think. Still doing a bit on Twitter, but I think I, I think Blue Sky maybe will be where I end up, I think. Drama. And sorry, oh, I'm Dave Patterson. Um, and you may know me. Good. Episode eight of series three. And this is the Great Liminal A1 North Road campaign. Incredible. We started, all, all started back in um, January of this year. I can't believe it's all the story. It's September, actually, isn't it? Well, okay. a couple of days it's September. Oh, yeah. Sort out my calendars. So, episode eight, seriously, Edinburgh. Now, originally, I also put in here Edinburgh and Peebles. And the reason for Peebles making a... Uh, a show is because it's featured in the um in the original book as being a sort of a the the retirement home uh for uh those inclined to the liminal world so i, I did i did put it in there as well however as as with all of these things it's a very broad church that we're operating off so edinburgh and environs now would anybody like to go first yes please oh. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, Paul should go first, and then if it's good, we can just, you know, go off to the pub. Oh. No, I, I like the idea. <laughs> we'll take a vote at the end of Paul. Yeah, you're in. Yeah, you're done. Job done. Okay. I would quite like to go last, just because um, I think I may have gone a bit route one on this one. 
And I, I might need to alter, I might need some time to alter it while people are speaking. Whoever wants to go first should go first. That's me then. Age before beauty, since I'm the oldest. Okay, we're going from oldest to youngest. That's, I know. Uh, I could have an amazing plastic surgeon. You don't know. <laughs> Why would I be a role player? I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I'm like a thousand years old anyway. You're a vampire, aren't you? It's thousand year old times. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be hanging out with you guys. No offense. right we're gonna go with fabio come on fabio okay come on so i wrote this so i'll start off with mine so there i was i opened my copy of liminal to see what paul had included in the core book chapter seven liminal britain and northern ireland great page 161 belfast page 162 carnarvon excellent it's in alphabetical order wonderful Durham was next, and as I turned the page, expecting E for Edinburgh, I got Glasgow. What the fuck, Paul? I was so surprised. I just checked to see that the page numbers were correct. Yes. This is like a a sweary version of Listen With Mother, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit, but that's my only swear bit. So, yes. Welcome to fucking Jack and Ori. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, Glasgow's on page 164. Durham's on page 163. No mistake, Paul omitted Edinburgh. Sacrilege, I say, sir, sacrilege. Admittedly, he does mention on page 14 that the aim in Chapter 7 is a diversity rather than completeness. So I will present to you a taster of what I think Paul might have included. Eerie. I'd like to defend this decision. By the- <laughs> He's against it already. He hasn't heard anything. <laughs> Eerie oh. Edinburgh, Celtic for fort on a hill. Now, Edinburgh is not just the capital of Scotland, but the capital of Spookland as well. Edinburgh is notorious for its unsavoury past and has been called the most haunted city in all of Europe. Really? From the plague victims left to die in Mary King's Close to the headless drummer boy of Edinburgh Castle who forewarned of bad news. Edinburgh's stately streets are awash with ectoplasm. What happened to the brave bagpiper who went searching for the monstrous great hands in the tunnels beneath Holyrood Passage and never emerged? What made Major Tom Weir confess he was a warlock in possession of a dark staff carved with satyrs and his sister was a self-confessed witch. After their execution, their home became the most haunted house in Edinburgh. The infamous hill casting a shadow over Edinburgh is not exempt from such tales. Arthur's seat was supposedly once used as a resting place for a passing giant. And why were 17 miniature coffins discovered in a small cave on Arthur's seat? Okay. Is Carlton Hill... Fabio, Fabio. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can, we, can we move to your suggestion? <laughs> well, is Carlton Hill really a portal to the fairy realm? Carlton Hill is literally a stone's throw away from the end of the A1. So as you can hear from my descriptions, Edinburgh is a goldmine for the supernatural. We know that vampires don't really exist. That's Mr. Bram Stoker's responsibility. And we know werewolves are also that from the same fiction. 
However, ghosts and fairies are another thing entirely, that of non-fiction and from the ancient past. So, with the appearance of vampires, werewolves and giants on this most magical of a road trip, quest, gales, or perhaps pilgrimage, I want to bring it to Dave's initial thoughts in episode one, that of the Green Man and the Mexican Day of the Dead Celebration Festival in James Bond Spectre. Also, to Paul's prominent entry of the Fae and that of the May Queen, also known as the Maiden, the Goddess of Spring, Flower Bride, Queen of the Fairies, the Lady of Flowers, also known as the Roman Goddess Flora. The May Queen is a symbol of the stillness of nature around which everything revolves. She stands for purity, strength and potential for growth as the plants grow in May. Well, these two wonderful mythological creatures have a wonderful wedding procession intended by thousands of pagans, hippies, tourists and locals to herald the new Celtic season, which is basically summer. This is on the 30th of April. And yes, the portal of the fairy realm is on Carlton Hill and is known as the Beltane Fire Festival, which is a unique retelling of the beautiful traditional procession and the wedding of the May May Queen and the death and rebirth of the Green Man. It was resurrected in 1988 and is now the largest fire festival of its kind. <clears throat> so I interpret, oh, so I intrepid adventurers have to attend the Beltane Fire Festival on Carlton Hill, Edinburgh, a stone's throw away from the end of the A1. And I'm going to finish with the bit in conjunction with my contribution and inclusion of the Beltane Fire Festival. I would like to quote Diane Quarry. We are in liminal time right now the season of Beltane, the beginning of the bright half of the year. The veil is thin between the worlds, and this is the traditional time for embracing what is coming. So it's the Beltane Fire Festival is my scene. and I'll tell you what my big bad wow is after. Okay. So we are attending... What, because is this being disrupted, this marriage between the May Queen and the Green Man? Well... That's my big wow. You you want the big wow moment, and what is is so it is that they have to attend the wedding, but yeah, it will be disrupted. That's my big wow. Okay, so but it's also the fact the... it's also the fact that it's the May Queen and the Green Man both together, and I I put the I put in the Beltane Festival because there are people in masks and all the rest, so you could have humans attending this Beltane Fire Festival, but you could also have liminal people or in disguise so, all all around it, it and it's also the fact david it was like literally it's a stone's throw away from the end of the a1 yeah it, it's it's got the feeling of a uh, an iwa wuwa an edward woodward moment oh god no you're gonna burn somebody at the uh, but fantastic Good. coming in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. So we've got Carlton Hill Beltane Fire Festival, May Queen Green Man. Right, Andrew, I think you were going to go next, were you? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go next. I too have a bit of a story, but uh, our story ends not in Edinburgh, but in a small Scottish village about 10 miles south, which goes by the name of Roslyn. But this particular part doesn't start there. It actually starts on the A1 in a place between Berwick and Edinburgh called Dunbar. The year is 1296, and the English have just defeated the Scots at the imaginatively named Battle of Dunbar. 
A number of Scottish knights are captured in the battle, amongst them one William St. Clair, who was sent to the Tower of London. William himself had been born with the sight, and during his time in the Tower, he realised there was something strange about two particular ravens there. The ravens, recognising that he had the sight, and began talking to him. They explained they were fey creatures and brothers. Their names were Hugin and Mugin. They had come all the way from Norway, where they served beings they called the Old Gods, and who, along with the fey, had been driven from the world by the New God. They were currently in London serving Bran, one of these old gods whose head was buried beneath the tower. The ravens told William that if he and his descendants pledged to help return the fey and the old gods to the world, then in return they would make his family great. Seeing this as a way of getting back at the English, William quickly agreed, and shortly after a ransom was paid and he was released. Within ten years, he led the Scots to victory over the English at the Battle of Roslyn, and in his honour, he was made Earl of Roslyn. The St. Clair family actually went from strength to strength. They even became the Earls of Orkney, which at this time also covered parts of Norway. Strangely, in those particular parts of Norway, belief in the Fae and the Old Gods still persisted widely. The St. Clair family had many adventures finding treasures and enacting deeds that would aid the Old Gods, until by the 15th century... Uh, yeah, 15th century, everything was in place that would allow their return. The only problem was that for them to fully return, people had to start believing in them again. Finally, in 1456, another William Sinclair had the answer. With the aid of an organisation dedicated to the Fae and the Old Gods and known as the Raven's Tower, he built Roslyn Chapel, ostensibly a church dedicated to the new god. It actually contained within it a mass of apparently meaningless sculptures. But they are not meaningless. They actually show the waypoints that Sinclair family found on their adventures, and anyone who studies them gains a link to the old beliefs. As tourism has increased and more and more people have travelled to Roslyn, more and more people have actually gained this link, meaning that the liminal world of the Fae and the Old Gods is actually returning. This is very worrying for an organisation called the Desanction, who see the potential increase in strength of the liminal world as a threat to the treaties. They don't know Roslyn is responsible yet. Yeah, the Roslyn okay. Chapel is really funky. The interiors of the chapel are absolutely stunning. <laughs> yeah, I've been there several times. So I've just realised it does no good on a podcast be nodding at the end of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> just good because you can't see my obscene hand gestures when talking about defeating the Scottish. So that's I, 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 I could tell. Yes. <laughs> you can go, feel go them, cam- I'm sure, through the podcast. Go go off camera with the uh, with those kind of gestures. <laughs> ah, so William Sinclair, mm-hmm. the progenitor of the Saint Clair, becomes Sinclair. I'm assuming it does. Mm-hmm. The Earl of Roslyn in Orkney, and he started the Ravens Tower, and oh, sorry, he based the Ravens Tower at Roslyn Chapel. Well, he clearly, then the, Roslyn Chapel is linked to the Ravens Tower. Yes, it's um, the Ravens Tower is, is an organisation that uh, we dedicated that f- to, to to the liminal world, basically. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in that original, in the original uh, episode. Which I did listen we, to. Was it the second? Was it the second one? We talked about the Ravens Tower being second one, being sort of fundamental to hidden, wasn't it? And it was, it was like anathema to the. Uh, okay, so the Sinclair family are bringing back with uh, presumably the Ravens Hugin and Mugin are still knocking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're bringing back the Fay, and the FCMC are going to stop them from bringing it back. Is that right? The 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 deed sanction, yeah. Basically, well, that uh, basically what's happening is the treaties are based on the old kind of balance between the mundane world and the liminal world. And the problem is because visiting Rosling gives you this link to the liminal world. The liminal world is becoming more powerful, and it's unbalancing the treaties. That, that's my uh, that's my concept. Okay, uh, for the purpose of copyright, I do need to say that the deed sanction is a game by Paul Baldowski. 
we it's the decorporation. Is it a decorporation? Sorry about that. For, for, no, 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 no. I, I, I just don't want to upset Paul more, any more than than I have recently. So the decorporation. Yeah. I don't think he's upset by this series. I think it was the previous ones where we were. We didn't win. I kept I kept nominating him <laughs> for these games, and they never won. So never won. Okay, brilliant. So we have currently the May Queen getting hitched to the Green Man. Everything's kicking off. Or we have William Sinclair and his two buddy ravens, Hugin and Mugin, and Rosalind becoming a threat, making the liminal world take over. Over. Uh, who would like to go next? I'll go next. Come on then, Tamsin. Okay. Mm. No Princess Bride in this, though. There is no Princess Bride. Sure, probably. Um... So I've not written it down, so I'm going to be ad-libbing from my notes. Freestyle. Yeah. And it is going to be long. And I'm not going to apologise for that because I kind of browbeat my way onto the Scottish episode. So I'm taking the floor, basically. So just bear with me. Um, And I will start before the, the kind of the big wow at the end. Okay. So I've based this on the idea that the party are going to Edinburgh for the treaty signing. So I think that was like an idea right at the beginning um, that the uh, British monarchy, new king, uh, has to re-sign the treaty with the, the Fay Uber king. So that's kind of what I'm going for. And so there's a bit of a time element because I did like that from the last episodes. Like there's a bit of a get moving, guys. You can't just wander around Middle England for like yeah, hours. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. they've got to get there. So it starts with they have to capture a haggis. No, no, I'm joking. They do not have to capture a haggis. <laughs> I was tempted, but no. So they are um, traveling. They have to now. <laughs> maybe, maybe at the end uh, for dinner. That's the wow moment, isn't it? That's the- <laughs> They're travelling up the A1, and it all starts very subtly. So they're listening to the radio, and there's songs like by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like Under the Bridge. And then later on, they're sitting in a cafe, and there's a leaflet on the table that says, visit the Great Old North Bridge. And then later on, they're going down the road, and there's a big sign that says, you know, Happy anniversary, Brian. But as they blink and look, it says happy anniversary, Bridge. So they get, they're getting the idea that somewhere along here, there is a bridge. And as they travel up the A1, and I wish I could show you all my pictures, they do indeed reach the great old North Bridge. Now, this was a bridge on the A1 that was very much like a service station where you would go with your carts and your animals and do your trading and rest up and things like that. But now it's just a beautiful old bridge, a historic monument. So the characters are kind of looking around and going, oh, it's very pretty. It's green. It's got a river. You know, it's very nice. But why were we getting these messages to come here? Then kind of rooting underneath the bridge, one of them spots really thick electrical cables. They follow these cables and it goes to one of those bunkers, you know, the big metal plates in the ground. They lift it up and there's a ladder going down. They go down the ladder and there is quite a large man down there. 
He's a bit bald. He's kind of pasty looking. In front of him, there are monitors and screens and kind of big like pin boards with lots of pictures. You might even recognize like a Nessie picture and things like up there. And he's like, well, you took your time. I am the warden of the great old North Bridge. And any of you who are quite familiar, he's got a bit of a troll look about him. He says, please, I had to try and get you here because there's something really important you need to do. Now, I can't leave this place. I am bound to it. But on the network, I've heard about the treaty signing and that the, the power that is Arthur D is going to disrupt it. And I need to do everything I can to help you because this must go ahead. Holy roll. Yeah. So he says, I know about a magic item that can help you. Whoever carries this item into battle cannot lose. And by the way, this exists. All of this is based in kind of reality. Oh. Um, he says it is. Troll, trolls exist? Yeah. We'll go um, the item definitely exists. I've got a picture. He says it is the fairy bagpipes of Kinloch Moidart. They are in Fort William. And if you carry them into battle, you cannot lose. He says, now, if they're at the West Highland Museum in Fort William, they are being looked after by the ex-piper to the sovereign. Go, that's the help that I can give you. Please make sure these treaty get signed. Okay. So off they go. So they go to um, the museum, the West Highland Museum in Fort William. Um, it's it's kind of like, do you know what these kind of like little museums are like? They're kind of um, in, in small towns. They're like fa- what were fancy old houses that have been converted into kind of local community yeah, museums. musty carpets. Yeah, all of that. And there's a little house attached to it when they get there. And that's there's a sign on the museum saying, you know, the, create, the curator lives in this house. So they go there, opens the door, and it is quite an old man. And he says, um, yes, can I help you? Um, they explain why they're there. And he says, come in, come in. My name is Bill Wallace and I can help you. But it's not as easy as you think. Bill Wallace. So they, so they go in and sit down. He gives them iron brew and tonics caramel wafers. And, <laughs> and he explains to them. And all those yeah. other stereotypical we're not even like a quarter of the way through he explains to them that yes the fairy pipes do exist and they're here in the museum but they have lost all their power it was all used up in the battle of bannockburn and now if they want they can have them but they have to repower them and he says now this is like a really powerful item it needs really powerful magic to repower the bagpipes And he says, and any saint's relic won't do. Let me tell you a story. And he starts to tell them another story. (laughs) A long time ago, the angel Meridial visited Scotland. She loved it so much, she decided to stay. She loved the land, she loved the people, and she granted the land with fertility and also taught them the secret recipe of the Ushke Biatha. 
as she had come to earth, she'd taken on a mortal life. And eventually that ended. When she died, she was buried under what is now Rosalind Chapel because it's a vortex of the ley lines and it would keep her remains safe. When she died with her permission, the leaders of the three most powerful clans in Scotland, the Campbells, the Grants and the Stuarts, took a lock of her hair and buried it under their Ushkebiatha sites. Over the years, the power of the hair granted them um, much prosperity and they became the whiskey distilleries that we know of today and loved all around the world. Now, the leaders of these clans knew the other clans would be jealous and would want to take the hair for their own. So they came up with a story. They came up with the angel's share. So whenever anyone wanted to talk about the angel's hair, they were like, no, no, no. You mean the angel's share? The bit of whiskey Ooh. that disappears. It's got nothing to do with angel's hair. So cunning. So, so cunning. Bill Wallace says, and he says, I can't go with you. And what you need to do is take these bagpipes to each of these places of Meridial's relics. Play the bagpipes. And in conjunction, they will power them up, ready for you to use in battle. So that's initially what the players have to do. Take yeah. the bagpipes to the three sites. So the three clan leaders, one was in uh, the Glen Turret Distillery in Creef. One is the Strath Isla Distillery in Elgin. And the other one is the Oban Distillery in Oban. So between those three and Rosalind Chapel, they have to go and repower the fairy bagpipes. And now we're about halfway through the story. <laughs> okay. So I can say, do you want me to keep going or save it for later? Because we can get because the next part is on treaty signing day. Okay, so is the next bit then is essentially is your big wow. Yeah. Okay. The angels hair. Yes. Very cunning, very cunning. Okay, so so we're going to come to the uh, what the uh, I'm assuming it's going to be the powering of the uh, of the bagpipes and what happens at the denouement. Yeah, you want to now? Uh, are we in danger of having your big wow moment at the same time, or would you rather keep your powder dry? Oh, I'll keep it. it. Let it happen. Someone else have a talk, and we'll come back around. Because I okay. think probably you could do. Like earlier episodes, you could do a bit of a mix and match, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. We've, we've got Roslyn uh, Chapel in there again. Uh, Mark, are you happy to have a go next? I'll go for it. Uh, I have to say, about 10 minutes into Fabio's, I thought I'd crossed everything off my list, but. Um, <laughs> All I had left was fairy bagpipes, but no, I'm kidding. Right. Um, <laughs> Angels' wigs was your idea. Okay. It's close. So, mine is going to be very orthodox, very orthodox, very straightforward. Um, okay. So, the brief was what the players were told is you go to Edinburgh, uh, you stand on the heart of Midlothian on the Royal Mile, 
And as is customary, you spit upon it. Mm -hmm. At which point, somebody will come and greet you, and they will take you uh, to the representative of the Scottish Fay, so that the treaty can be signed and the covenant can be renewed. Um, and they get there, and they stand on a flob-covered uh, flob uh, piece of street furniture. Um, and and suddenly somebody appears. Um, this, this part goes off without incident. There's no explosion. There's no double cross, except the person who appears is not what they expect. Um, now, she presents as a very attractive woman who's got something almost supernaturally captivating about her. Um, and she is A, or possibly the, Bavan She, which, for those of you who are writing things down, is B-A-O-B-H-A-N-S-I-T-H, because Celtic people love to mess with the English language yeah. when they spell things. Uh, so Bavan She. Um, now, what a Bavan She does, as we all know, uh, is when hunters are out at night and they are dreaming of dreaming of the company of a woman without sufficiently magically protecting themselves, then the Bavanshi emerge and take their vengeance on them. Who um, hunts the hunters? She may also have cloven hooves, but it's considered impolite to ask. <laughs> so, so far... So, tourist information pamphlet. Um, but what might pique your interest about this is how she arrives, because her other form is as a hooded crow or raven. So, is she the is she the Scottish version of the ravens of the town? Is she one of the ravens of the town? Is she a Scottish infiltrator into the ravens of the tower, or is it just another Corvid conspiracy? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> um, mm -hmm. As I say, she just goes by Bev and she, um, and she's quite ambiguous about whether that's what or who she is, and really she doesn't seem to think that it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So she explains her job was to bring you um, to meet the, uh, the the proper representative. Um, unfortunately. You were supposed to go to Arthur's seat and cross into the fairy domain there to meet uh, the White King. Now, I know Paul had a Winter King in there, but this is the White King, um, who is, okay. yes, who is the famed archer who actually gives his name to the hill where the portal is. Arthur's seat is not Arthur's seat. It's actually Archer's seat. Uh, this oh. is this is another corruption um, that the English of English cultural imperialism has co-opted this to be Arthur's seat. But actually, if you go back through the Gaelic, it's Archer's seat, and the White King, who was the famed archer, um, is the Fae who who sits on there. Um, Damn you, English! I know, awful people. Um, it's. Mm. So 
there are other ways in which the bond between the English and the Scottish are guaranteed, or the English and Scottish Fay are guaranteed, um, and that is by way of a hostage. So there is a hostage prince, um, and the hostage prince being a noble Fay and being on this side of the gateway, could, she thinks, get you through the gateway so that you will then be able to get to the other side and find out what's going on with the White King. Um, and this is a, this was a young prince from the court of Hyde Park. Now, little digression, but we'll come back. So, Scottish women at Beltane go and take advantage of the maid you. So this is the beginning of May. No, please. Sorry. Uh, um, so they wash their face in the May dew, and this ensures their perpetual beauty. Right. It's a thing. Look it up. Um, oh, yeah, I've done it myself, yeah. Well, we can tell. Uh, yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can attest it doesn't work for men. <laughs> no, no, but it's for women. Um, so, and this is done on Arthur's seat. It's done at uh, Holyrood Park at the base of Arthur's seat. But the ones in the know, the ones in the know go to Prince's Street Gardens for their due on Beltane Monday. Now, of course. again, if you read the history books, you think that Prince's Garden gets its name because at one point the people of Edinburgh were trying to play Kate the English, or more properly, the Hanoverians who were on the English throne at the time. And so that you will you will even find this written down in, in proper authoritative sources like Wikipedia, uh, that Prince's Street refers to the first two sons of uh, King George III. This, this is a complete lie. This is complete nonsense. Yeah. Um, the prince... The prince in Prince's Street actually prefers, refers to Prince Aidan of Hyde Park Fay, the hostage prince. Wow. It's not going to be quite that simple, though, because these things never can be. Um, but this one's particularly complicated. So the prince isn't actually trapped in or imprisoned in Prince's Street Gardens. He's trapped in Norloch. Uh, which was a man-made lock that was drained when the gardens were built and used to occupy the same space. Okay. So he has spent an awful long time in the uh, domain of a selkie in a magical lake, which was linked to Norlock. But without Norlock there, there's no gateway to the other side. So we've got a double gateway problem. We have to, the players, I should say, mm -hmm. have to restore the man-made loch to the centre of Edinburgh, to Prince's Street Gardens. They have to wow. flood it. Now, luckily, Blimey. a lot of the engineering and infrastructure is still in place. There's only a few teeny tiny problems with it. The culvert that runs... Um, goes under Mary King's Close, where there are lots of ghosts, goes through the Southbridge vaults, where there may be a, a colony of goblin engineers, and the inlet is protected by a kelpie. But apart from that, it's all pretty straightforward. Okay. So, park, free the prince, go through the gate, 
find the White King. Free Prince, find Gate, sign Treaty, etc. Et okay, is that is that? Okay. Flood, flood Edinburgh as well. No, no, just oh, just Prince's Street. Oh, okay. Isn't it? Is, is it next door to the old Greyfriars Bobby? No, Greyfriars uh, Cemetery isn't there. But... Other end, not really. <laughs> no, sort no, of, no. in the way that all of Edinburgh's near it. <laughs> but where Listen. will the, where will Edinburgh Christmas Market go? This is these are big questions. Underwater, floating yeah, yeah, floating market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've had a bit of a change to the market this year. Well, one of the things I to say that I had in mind with this, not just with the um, the flooding, is that. The idea that the Queen, we talked about the fact the Queen had been on the, long, on the throne for a very long time. So there were some things, so there could be then changes. So we could have a shift within the world, within the liminal line, where the, and particularly if there'd been some problems with the Scottish way, they may have been very quiet for the last, I don't remember how long it was, 60 years, 70 years, 70 years, 70 years. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there could be a, and then thinking sequel campaign. <laughs> God, so one is enough. <laughs> right. Uh, Dr. Sir Paul Michener, would you okay. like to go before me? I'll, I'll, I'll happily go next. In, in the place so, of honour. Let me. Okay. So I'm sure you've all heard and are very familiar with someone called William Henry Miller. Yes. So, in the 1830s, he was an MP. Later on, he was a celebrated collector of books. Yeah, he had his rival, his library, his private library was unrivaled. He also had the nickname Measure Miller, since part of his choice of books was he'd carry around a ruler to measure the exact size of a book before deciding whether it was appropriate for his collection. That's not the strangest thing about him. Oh, but a bit so, fruitcakey. He's a bit hmm. fruitcakey. So he died in 1848 after a short illness. And in his will, he allocated, you know, a big sum of money to hire 80 labourers to excavate a 30-foot deep stone-lined pit then his grave was lowered into it. Sorry, his coffin was lowered into it, lined with lead. And then, of course, a big monument was raised to mark his grave. So this monument is sometimes called the William Henry Miller Mausoleum, sometimes called the Clegg and Tinney Marbles. So this grave, this mausoleum and everything was designed to be, you know, it's intended to be fairly isolated. But urban sprawl, the joining up with Edinburgh and Leith means it's now in a sort of suburban area. Mm -hmm. OK, so that's that's just background. Other piece of background is the treaty that needs to be signed at the end of this, 
it's it's run out. There's a new millennium now, a new millennium, and the original copy of the treaty has to be found. It's believed the original copy of the treaty, you can see this coming, was not just in William Henry Miller's library, but actually buried with him. So the player characters have to delve down and unearth this, well, first the mausoleum, then open the lead-lined coffin down the bottom of the 30-foot pit that, for added inconvenience, is in a suburban area. Naturally, and this is not the big wow, in later life, William Henry Miller was a dampier. He knew when his mortal body died, he would rise as a vampire. That's why he had himself buried that way. That's an immediate problem. <laughs> that is not the big, but that is not the big wow. There are other <laughs> things. So I'll stop that's, there. That's that's an understatement. <laughs> Listen, we've got to open this box. Oh, what's in it? <laughs> well, it's not a big wow, right? Because, come on, it's not a surprise, is it? If you open a lead-lined coffin, you expect, no. hello! <laughs> Suddenly a ruler comes up. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think you agree, measuring books to fit your collection is very sort of vampire-type OCD behaviour. Yeah, yeah. Pretty odd. <laughs> or academics. I like that. I like that. Okay, so we have William Henry Miller with his coffin and his library. In and a, his ruler. In a, in a, and his ruler. <laughs> his ruler. <laughs> I don't know why that's got me. That's got me. Right. <laughs> uh, is it my go? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> now, I got a bit worried about earlier on uh, because uh, Mark Mark started the same way I did with uh, with gobbing on the heart of Midlothian, Midlothian, uh, and, and similarly, our um, our investigators, our crew, make their way into the centre of. Uh, of Edinburgh and and indeed are drawn to the heart of Mid- Midlothian. Now they they drawn and I've sort of used this device in a couple of other bits and pieces which I didn't win either. So I'm I'm you know I'm batting batting on a sticky wicket wicket already. But uh, damn it, you know I'm nothing if not unoriginal. So the heart of Midlothian though uh, was the old uh, was on the site of uh, the old uh, execution. The jail. And the ghosts of the ex- executed have started to reappear. The likes of William Burke. Nasty. Actually, William Burke could be quite handy if you've got to go and dig, dig up William Henry Miller. <laughs> Burke and here. I don't know. Digging up Burke's graves has got a certain delicious irony to it, hasn't it? <laughs> it does a bit. So William Burke. George Bryce, Jesse King, Jesse King, murder the kids, horrible, horrible. One. James Douglas, the fourth Earl of Morton, and the Marquis of Montrose have all been appearing in and around the Royal Mile. And anybody with liminal sight 
that sort of set the alarm bells ringing. I was just talking with the idea of Walter Scott actually making an appearance as well, mainly because, you know, I don't particularly like Walter Scott. But anyway, however, what they do find is, or what they led, ultimately because they've been um, investigating the uh, the appearances of all these ghosts and thinking this is rather this is rather an odd moment, they find that there's two ghosts who have retained some form of human form. One of them... Uh, was a functionary in Edinburgh by the name of Deacon Brodie. <laughs> now, Deacon Brodie, famed for uh, being a uh, an upstanding alderman in the day and a, a furniture maker, I think, cabinet maker, uh, was also then um, involved in all manner of skullduggery in the evening. But he managed to cheat death and hanging and in fact, he actually did some of this. He did it by um, fleeing abroad. Now, he fled abroad to the Low Countries, wherein I am saying he met D, and maybe even he met Arthur D, the uh, seventh son of or seventh son of whatever it is, who is heading up or is in the background of the um, uh, the FCMC Corporation, the 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 uh, the, the antagonist antagonists yeah whatever antagonists to our crew so the other person who has retained some sort of human form is more scary than deacon brody and her name is agnes sampson now agnes sampson was a witch and uh, at the, uh, she was famously interrogated by James the First, latterly James the First and Sixth, and he is the one that I'm saying is the person who sort of put this this treaty in place because he overstepped the mark. Brody came back to Edinburgh. He stole Agnes Simpson's, uh, Sampson rather, Agnes Sampson's uh, bones, and he has brought her back specifically with the intention of her being able to either bring back James the first and sixth or alternatively because she was such an extraordinarily evil witch they can then use her to slaughter the entire royal family at Westminster at Westminster Abbey on coronation day she could at least curse the monarchy now both of those were supposedly murdered on the Royal Mile. The FCMC have managed to get hold of Brody. They've, through very circuitous ways, they have re brought Agnes back to life. This has sparked off this sort of uh, temporal issue in Edinburgh. Um, but it was her and her death that started this feud between the royals and the liminal world that was brought brought to heel by this signing of a treaty. So. She, though, has been brought back and she is going to, oh, I guess she's also my big bad, obviously, clearly. Uh, but the D Corporation, though, will, will, after this has happened, after this event, uh, will obviously take over the world and certainly take over the running of, of, uh, of the UK. So, Royal Mile, lots of ghosts running about, two ghosts who are sort of in the background doing various nefarious things. Uh, they have the PCs, I thought, could, could chase Deacon Brody, 
the revived Deacon Brody, be maybe even present at the re uh, the re uh, revenant of uh, the revival of Agnes, and then we can start some sort of uh, some sort of chase on from there. So mine is Deacon Brody, Agnes Sampson, witch extraordinaire, heart of Midlothian. So we are going to have to vote. We're going to have to vote, everybody. So, should we go in order of uh, in order of uh, presentation? So, Fabio, you cannot vote for the disrupted Carlton Hill Beltane Fire Festival wedding of the May Queen and the Green Man. So, for what would you like to vote? Would it be Tamsin? Tams in the great old bridge where we meet the troll or the very big man. Uh, he's a bit pasty faced, uh, and it, and circuitously then uh, end up with the angel's hair, <laughs> re- reviving the mysterious fae bagpipes. Uh, Bill Wallace, I like that. Bill Wallace. My father-in-law is actually called Bill Wallace. Not my father-in-law. My sister's father-in-law is called Bill Wallace. I might have to apologise. <laughs> <laughs> not remembering he's not your father he's not my father <laughs> or are we back at Roslyn Chapel with the Sinclair family William Sinclair uh, unfortunately not victorious at the Battle of Dunbar in 1296 and his ravens and Mugin pledging to make the Fae return are we indeed with uh, Mark starting at, at the heart of Midlothian 2 um, where we renew the covenant uh, the Bavan she turns up, she who hunts the hunters. Um, she's a guide. She takes them to Arthur's seat or the archer's seat, it should be pronounced, where we have the hostage of the prince. We have to flood the Princess Street Gardens, break into the uh, the Fey realm by flooding it all, uh, release the pr- prince, hopefully get in then to talk to the, uh, to the, uh, the white king and re-sign the treaty. Are we going for William Henry Miller, this extraordinarily uh, gifted measuring book collector, MP, buried in lead <laughs> coffin with his books? Lunatic. 30 Opening foot up. down, 80 feet, with a big 80 feet monument on top. There's, there's a chance if you dug 80 feet down, there's a risk of flooding bloody... Well, least, I was wondering, you know, gone. you could have had like because they've put, been putting in trams all over Edinburgh, and you could <laughs> have had a maybe backup idea was the trams kind of like messed everything up. <laughs> yeah, electrocuted him. Or are we going to go with uh, with Brody and Agnes Sampson, uh, the witch and uh, ghostly um, couple who've, uh, who've revived the ghosts of, of of edinburgh fabio where's your thing so thinking about it as everybody always says they're all wonderful ideas but i'm going to go partly with my idea and i think it's the ghosts literally the ghosts are the most important thing in edinburgh i mean yeah paul vampire i think we've got a vampire wedding um down the road somewhere that happens so vampires okay. are already being ticked if it was a vampire ghost, that would be a bit funky. Um, and it, for me, it has to be ghosts and it has to be Edinburgh. 
because it, it's the end of the A1, me geographically and everything else. Tamsin's old bridge with the troll, the fairy bagpipes. The fairy bagpipes are in Fort William, not in Edinburgh. I think that's a whole campaign on its own, uh, myself. Um, Mark, yeah, it's in Edinburgh. And the Arthur C, I, you know, I was reading some stuff as we all done some research. They do say a lot about the um, Carlton Hill being um, the kind of area where the Fae are. So with the ghosts, it comes down to Dave and Mark. Andrew, again, with the Roslyn Chapel in the Sinclair and the Raven's Tower, really good connection there with the Raven's Tower from episode one in London, really good. But with the Roslyn Chapel, I've got that. Sorry, Mark. Uh, sorry, Andrew. It's just that there's that Da Vinci Code kind of th- little aspect. But I have been to the Roslyn Chapel and I think it's really wonderful and it's being repeated again um, with um, Tamsin. I'm going to go with you, Dave, because it's you've got the two ghosts in, in Edinburgh. Um, yeah. Good for me. Yeah, because it's the two, it's the ghosts <laughs> and it's, it's set in Edinburgh. Um, and the heart, the Lothian heart and gobbing on it. Well, you know, and James I and the slaughter of the royal family. Yeah. I was going to work in a, uh, a Marillion reference as well with hearts of Lothian. But oh, yeah. 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 Reference. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, all yeah. really fantastic. You, Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, Mark, where's your vote going? No. It's it could be me next if we're doing it in order. Oh, sorry, Andrew, I beg your pardon. I've stepped out of line. Andrew. <laughs> um, yeah, all, all fantastic ideas. Um, I really love Mark's idea, uh, except it floods Prince's Gardens, which hides the statue of the Polish artillery bear, which I absolutely love. So, so sadly, Mark, for hiding the statue of the Polish artillery bear, I cannot vote for that. Um, this, I, this is... This is- this is made up. But fantastic idea, Mark. A really, really brilliant idea. Um, Tanzin, yeah, absolutely amazing. I, I, love, I love the whole trip around Scotland. I think that's, that's definitely, especially as I think, a campaign on its own. Um, Dave, I really liked Deacon Brodie. Um, I thought, again, that was absolutely fantastic. And the witch and... Uh, the elimination of all family i'm not going to comment on that but uh but uh yeah that that was a really good idea fabio's uh beltane fire festival big thing in in scotland obviously um also links to my idea of the old gods of course um but that i really liked but i actually I, i'm gonna go with paul just because i just because i love I, I i love the idea of the dampier be, being buried and having all his books arranged in order with him and the treaty and, and everything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Paul, I think. Vote for Dr. Mitch. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> uh who would have been next then? Would it be uh me. Tamsin? It's me. I think it's yeah. me. So I'm looking at this. I kind of want to do something that hasn't been done before. I think um not in what I'm saying in the adventure. The oh. um <laughs> I the thought, poker. Oh. No, 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 no. Horrifying thought, actually. Yeah. I mean, not for listeners, you wouldn't see very much, just hear our curdling screams, but um the so uh, some a scenario that kind of hasn't been so you know dampier vampires we've kind of had that a couple of times i know i mm-hmm. put one forward the raven's tower uh, we're obsessed with ravens 
I like them, but um, kind of done that one. Um, I'm kind of with Andrew, like I can't flood Princess Street Gardens. Like every year I go there to the market and I, I buy some glue vine in a special mug and I, I have it. I just can't. Um, I know it's made up, but I'm with Andrew on this one. Um, so I can't vote for that one. Um, so I really want it. I voted for the witch last time and I'm voting for the witch again. I'm I'm not bothered about the ghosts, to be honest. I could leave those, but huh. I want a witch. That's me. Yes. Oh, Agnes Sampson. Questioned by James the and First. If the monarchy gets destroyed, I mean that's just bonus points <laughs> for me. <laughs> We've now lost our by royal appointment <laughs> podcast <laughs> podcast to the king. Shit. <laughs> right, Mark. Oh dear. Um, in order. Um yes, I like I like what where Fabio was going. Um and then it kind of blends in a little bit with 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 some of the other things that followed. Andrew, the Rosalind Chapel stuff, very strong, very nice. Um <clears throat> but then um yeah. Dave, I mean, I like it, but it's Audrey. I don't know. Well, no, I, I, I feel we've, yeah. Um, I, I mean, you've I've got the character the same one eight times, is what you're saying. I didn't say that. <laughs> just, I said it, you know, it's just some of the serial numbers have been filed off, but um, I put a muck. In front of everything, <laughs> which then leads me to the invidious choice between the man who invented the game and the person from the country that we're talking about. So, what's know, Sophie's choice? Eh? It's exactly <laughs> so. <laughs> the radioactive. So, sorry, go. I mean, the idea of being buried deep underground with all of one's books is naturally appealing. Um, just, uh, and a ruler. Just, Don't forget the ruler. And the ruler, and the ruler, which which is, as we know, how you measure a book properly. Um, yeah. <laughs> a bit suspect, really, that, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, and by the measure, you were only just a little bit short, because I'm going to have to go with Tamsin, because there was so much in there. There was so much research behind it if if i hear anything better this week than angel's hair angel share i will be very very surprised <laughs> it's a belter isn't it that one thank you it's a belter mm. it's also it makes you think about the idea of going on the uh, uh the tour of the distilleries would be well, I was appealing to a whiskey faction. I was hoping that. Yeah. <laughs> right, Dr. Sir Paul Michener. Okay, so lots of good ideas, but yeah. I am also going to go straight through to Tamsin 
You've got a troll bridge. You've got magic bagpipes, which help you win battles. You've got a whiskey distillery tour. You've got this sort of corruption of angel's hair to angel's share and this bit of whiskey evaporating. Come on. What there is not to like is everything there to like. So, yeah, Tamsin, definitely. It's currently a tie. Currently a tie, everybody. Two for Tamsin. Two for me. Can't vote for me. And we don't have the opportunity to go to a third party <laughs> to break to break the. You could vote for me and make it a three-way tie. That oh yeah, interesting. Fight it out. I could. I could have a three-way tie. Um, I do find it rather sinister, though. That somebody wants to be buried with their own ruler. The, the being buried with the ruler, good. I might have invented. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to be buried with anyone else's ruler? Is the question. No, I'm, I'm putting that in my well now. Yeah, I'm wondering with the fairy pipes, couldn't you relocate them from the Highland Museum in Fort William to the actual yeah, Scot- I mean, Scottish, to honest, Mus- Scottish Museum in Edinburgh? The main yeah, one, to be honest, there. you can move them. The, I said Fort William because that's actually where they are. They yeah. exist, and that's where they are. So quite, maybe, you know, you can move maybe them. Maybe they're on no loan. Problem. Yeah, online to, on the, loan. online yeah. to the Royal uh, to the National yeah. Museum of Scotland in Edinburgh. Yep. Right. I do like the idea of a of of the old uh, the Edward Woodward wedding. I think you can make it really sinister, but then it actually turns out to be quite innocent. <laughs> anyway, Heart of Midlothian. Uh, clearly, there was a, a huge appeal from Mark for that. Rosalind Chapel. I like the idea of the Sinclair, the Ravens, Hugin and Mugin. But I'm going to break the deadlock and I am voting for Tamsin. I'm voting for Tamsin, the angel's hair, as you say. You'll never, it's you'll gone. never, every time you go on a tour now and they say that, you'll be like, oh. I'm sorry. I'm having to correct you on this. <laughs> I'm prepared to go with this water of life nonsense. <laughs> it's not angel's hair. They have, the same, they have the same saying in France, actually. In, uh, I went on a cognac tour once. Sorry, trip down there for me. I was going to say the Glenmorangi tour. I've been to that distillery. They actually say the angels share. Yeah, liars. <laughs> yeah. There we are. I'm saying it now. Glenmorangi, you're liars. So, Tamsin. That's another sponsorship deal lost. <laughs> <laughs> right. There we get. There'll be a, a short, short musical interlude here. Bing, 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 bing. Tamsin, we start off with a troll. Yes. And we end up with magic bagpipes, <laughs> which are on loan to the Museum of Scotland now. On loan to the Museum of Scotland. That ma- that does make a lot more sense. I was just being, you know, realist, accurate to the what actually exists. But yes. Yeah. Um, it's, a bit, under, it's a bit of a journey, isn't it, from Edinburgh to Fort William? Because I have been yeah. to both. Yeah, it's, no, it's a train. Just in the, oh, in the oh. Glasgow, straight up on the train. Anyway, they could have, of course, have been buried with famous <laughs> book measurer William. The Henry. real bagpipes surely could have been. <laughs> Wait, get the bagpipes. Made his bones melt. This is like a mythical magical um, Bannockburn. Anyway, right, right, so 
So now, assuming, now we are moving on. We are yeah, moving on to big bags. Assuming the, the, the crew have powered up the bagpipes, which is not a mean feat because I bet none of them actually play the bagpipes. So somehow <laughs> they've Ooh. got to either learn very quickly or find someone to do it because our poor old Bill is too old to go. And by the way, the Piper, the Piper of the Sovereign is a thing as well. So the, okay. the, all these things exist. Um, Who the hell would they find in Scotland, of all places, I mean, to play my, the bagpipes? My kid's high school has a Piper, so I don't think it's that difficult. <laughs> no. There's a bloke outside Edinburgh Castle every day busking. Exactly. Like, you could just walk down the Royal Mile and, like, pull, drag some up. It'll be fine. Um, Deacon Brody. Could be. So anyway, assuming they've done that, and also there's there's kind of the comedy elements because they've got to get into the distillery and play it. So, you know, do they break and enter? Do they hire it out? Do they do some sort of comedy distraction? So I think it's a lot of fun, depending on what kind of group you've got. You can kind of mess around with that part. Anyway, so assuming they've powered up the bagpipes, um, they are on the way to the signing of the treaty. Yeah. Um, so what happens? This takes place at Hollywood House. And um, it's a massive chamber underneath the gardens. So under Hollywood Park. And the two factions come from different, uh, have different their own entrances. So the royal family come from the ruined abbey, and the Fay faction come from under the Queen Mary's sundial. Now, if you've been to Edinburgh and you're a gamer, you should go to Queen Mary's sundial because it's got a D20 on top. And I'm not joking. <laughs> so have a look. Um, it's it's bonkers. So anyway, there's a staircase underneath. So it's a uh, sunset on the day of the signing of the treaty. And um, the, the party are there. And Edinburgh is doing its usual kind of Friday night Edinburgh thing. Students drinking, you know, people out in the streets, you know, it, it's full of tourists. And um, all the way down the Royal Mile, there's a, a gothic street party going on with people in masks and robes, you know, dressed like vampires and, and things like that. And they're, they're watching Prince's Gardens being flooded as well. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's going on. So they're down. Um, the treaty signing is taking place. The two parties descend into this large chamber. All around the walls are kind of the paintings of or the history of the treaty signings through the years, kind of depicted in that kind of old Scottish <laughs> wall painting kind of way around the walls. And each of the parties is made up of seven people. So there is the king, the queen, the keeper of the treaty, the ambassador to the other states, and the three guards. So only seven on each side, the magic number. So while the keeper of the treaty is reading out, so you've got really big scrolls and they're reading out kind of the procession of the order. Do you remember at the coronation, there was all that stuff they had to read for like yeah, days yeah. and days, right? Mm -hmm. Very similar. So he gets, they get started and they start reading and they've got this nice like one bit does one bit and the other one does the other bit and it's back and forth. It goes on for quite a long time. And the party are outside, kind of up in the gardens, and this is getting quite boring, but they're also waiting. They've got the bagpipes, kind of waiting for something to happen. And then they notice from the Royal Mile, a kind of mass of people are starting to descend. And 
they're they're wearing black and they're wearing masks, but they're walking in kind of really strange, twisted ways. They don't, they're not walking like people. They're kind of walking like creatures. They are coming towards Hollywood House to disrupt the treaty signing. It turns out that Arthur D sponsored the party and poisoned them all with a special alchemy and has turned them into evil creatures to do his bidding. So coming down the Royal Mile, there are hundreds and hundreds of these kind of people who have been turned into kind of monsters. Um, and but it's all hidden under the masks and the and the and the costumes. And people think, oh, it's part of the Goth Street party. They're having a laugh. So then the characters have to shine. They have to play the bagpipes somehow. Um, the music of the bagpipes initially is haunting and unnatural and causes the Gothic army to briefly pause. Then they continue down to the park. From the trees drop creatures brought forth by the playing of the bagpipes. They are the army of the Fakken. This is a Scottish fae who are made up of one eye, one leg, and one arm. And I wish I could show you the picture. Um, They carry a barbed club in one hand. And this called forth army of fae from the bagpipes fight the, uh, the twisted revelers in a mass battle in the gardens of Holyrood House. When the sun comes up, the battle is over. The treaty has been signed. They didn't get down into the chamber. The rays of light cause the Fakin to disappear back into the Fey realm. And the news the next day is full of tragedy poisoning at street party in Edinburgh as the bodies lie over the park. And in response... Oh. Street parties are banned in Edinburgh and the world weeps. Well, <laughs> and I'm in trouble for flooding a garden. <laughs> I know. I, I, I killed Edinburgh Hogmanay. I killed Edinburgh Hogmanay. I'm sorry. With these hopping monsters. Yeah, yeah that's, in, that's in folklore. Mm. If, if anyone knows their fame. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my word. Okay. So the uh, the big bad is the showdown as as the signing is taking place. Fantastic, right? Okay, that's exactly uh, the picture that I was looking at for you. Yeah, I've just I've just <laughs> copied a picture of a backhand into the chat. I don't know if David is going to display it for us later. It's slightly <laughs> relevant to Liminal because it is by Jason Benker. He's he's pretty good, isn't he? <laughs> it's also, also on my living room wall, this picture. No. Absolutely. Oh, well, I've got a horrible feeling I know what Paul's going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, for those of you who can't see, it's there. I'll put, I can't, probably is I can't put this in the show notes. Can we see that? This is the fucking... I'm sure there's a, there's a joke in there somewhere. Paul, the big bad. What's your big bad? My big bad is not necessarily a big bad. as Well, my big bad is King James I of England and VI of Scotland. I'll tell you that in advance. Okay. But that's not the wow moment. Okay. So, of course, as well as books down this coffin, 
or maybe it turns up somewhere else, is a talking, prophesying head. So let me tell you about this head. <laughs> this head is belonging to King Bran the Blessed, a giant king from, well, from Welsh mythology, but king of the yes. Britons. His head, once cut off, was happily to have a chat with people and prophecy, and apparently was very entertaining, and was buried against White under White Hill in London, which would stop England from ever being invaded, mm -hmm. as long as the head was there. This is all keyed in with Raven's Tower stuff, but I'm going to give you a spoiler. England had been invaded since the head was buried there. There were Saxons, there were Danes, there were Normans, there were even Scots. And the reason for this is the head, secretly, was traded to Scotland, where it was, of course, mm. meant to be buried underneath Edinburgh Castle and stop Scotland being invaded. But again, spoiler, the bloody English did invade Scotland. So naturally, the head didn't say safely, in its resting place. Like I said, it was useful for prophecy, useful for having a good chat with. So it ended up in private hands. Eventually, again, in this case, the hands of a certain Measure Miller and was naturally enough buried with him. So, of course, the head is going to call for help to the player characters when they excavate it but the head would be easy enough to insert somewhere else. Now, Fabio has rightly said that Edinburgh is famed for its ghosts. Another thing about the ghosts of Edinburgh is that there are a peculiar number of headless ghosts. So <laughs> coming up with the head, the player yeah. characters are going to be assailed by headless ghosts. All begging for the head to replace their own. Oh. This is not an easy thing to resolve, but vengeance and the safe rest of these poor headless ghosts can be gained for the head of King Bran can communicate in the ghost's stead by vanquishing the ghost of King James the first or sixth, who did, among other things, behead an awful lot of people. Well, well did. So it seems nice to set him up as the big bad to confront in Edinburgh Castle. Yeah. If we want to further complicate things, there is a catch. For of course, King James was the monarch who unified Scotland and England. There's a tricky legal argument to disentangle this sort of unity of the Fey realms and the liminal realms from the unity of the mundane realms. And it kind of does have to be disentangled. If not, killing King James renders both forever apart. Therein lies another conundrum. Yes. Mm. The entanglement of the Fey and the mundane. Okay. Hey, Paul, so, how's, how's your head? 
<laughs> Dillis Hatch, just, just. So it's the head. I had better head. not to That's not the right response, but it's yeah. fine. I know. <laughs> the head. Well, of people brown. in podcast land are shouting it out. We just can't hear them. The head of Bran is is the is your sort of suggestion, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's my wow moment. Yeah, as he calls out <laughs> from behind Major Miller with his ruler. How Don't big is that me. head? How big is that head? If only we had some form of <laughs> measuring device. Is, is that uh, a bit like Cinderella? You've got to find the ghost that the head fits. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Right, Fabio, come on. Okay. Um, big so, whale, stroke, big bad. Well, from where I went down was the death of the king king and queen, but it was basically it's D. He's there to destroy both the May Queen and the Green Man because it's one of the few occasions that both of them are gathered, as I said earlier on. As you may say, kill two birds or ravens, as we mentioned quite a bit in this uh, podcast, um, in what with one stone. So how is he going to accomplish this task? Picture the scene. D turns up in a dirty old Ford Transit van. Well, we do have to have a bit of the mundane. At the top of Carlton Hill, with a silhouette of the National Monument of Scotland, modelled upon the Parthian in Athens. The Beltane Fire Festival has reached its peak. The May Queen and the Green Man are there to celebrate the end of winter and the beginning of summer. D opens the back of the van to reveal barrels. Yes, barrels. Barrels of oil. Thick, black, evil, poisonous oil. Well, I am a member of the Green Party. He kicks the barrels of oil, spilling their contents all over the ground, creating a huge oil slick. And he laughs and recites a spell. But now I just want to say, yeah, this is an experiment. It's a brainstorming creation of the adventure campaign for Paul's liminal game. Brilliant. But, and this is a but, can I remind you all that this is also Dave's Frankenstein podcast? And as an homage to Dave and this podcast, out of the oil slick emerges a growing golem, a Frankenstein monster coated in oil. And as the oil drips away, we can see it revealed that this Frankenstein creature is composed of all the big bads from previous chapters. Each leg is, is Gog and Magog the torso of the giant spider, Miss Muffet, and the rest of the hulking towering bodies made up of all the other bads that our players have encountered and they had thought they had defeated. So seeing as this giant Frankenstein creature lumbers towards the Queen and the Green Man, patrons of the festivals come to defend. Yes, I did mention the patrons comprised of pagans and hippies and tourists and locals. However, in the midst of a group of just stop oil protesters. They hurl their burning torches because that's it's a fire festival and there's all these torches at this most evil of creatures summoned by D. The creature erupts in an inferno and it reminds us that of the Wicker Man. However, D manically laughs, shouting, my creature of creatures will crush you and now it will burn you. Queen and Green Man, nothing can stop him and his Frankenstein. With that statement from D, a rush of ectoplasmic energy engulfs the creature as all the ghosts of Edinburgh come to the rescue. 
But that is due to perhaps the players who might, might have a spell or a means of acquiring this during their travels or adventures, or maybe just take something from Tamsin, the fairy bagpipes. So with, with this weapon, they extinguish the Frankenstein monster and D makes his escape as Darth Vader made his escape in Star Wars to appear in another adventure. So I want to finish it off with the Queen and Green Man thank our players. They enjoy the rest of the festival and finally make their way to the actual geographic location at the end of the A1, where the A1 turns into Princess Street. And on the right, at that junction, is Register Street. And there's also the National um, Records of Scotland there. And there, as if by magic, I'm taking a little bit from Mr. Ben, those of a certain age will remember, a pub emerges. And that pub is the Michester Arms. It's oaken doors open. Players sign the registrar of completing the A1 pilgrimage and finishing off with a pint of, and I had to put it in here, Titterpig cider, a shot of viral vodka, a cup of pookie tea, or a Lloyd lemonade from its landlord, Paul, and landlady, Marjorie. The end. I love you all. <laughs> Shameless crawling there. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I, I just had to really? I just had to do a kind of creature. I thought, let's see, you know, what's you know, we've got we've got werewolves, vampires, yeah. you know, Faye. And I just yeah. thought, hold on, Frankenstein, you know. Good. So it's, it's a collabor- collaboration between you and uh, Paul. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's, it's and lots it's, of it's, other everybody's come on. Everybody. Wow. Okay, uh, Andrew, big bad, big wow. Okay, well, mm. this sort of links. This sort of links to Paul's in that um, there's been a, a, a apart from uh, people who uh, visited Ross in Chapelgania linked to the liminal world, they're also being subtly brainwashed to search for the missing head of Van the Blessed which Ooh. has disappeared and can no longer be traced, largely because it's in a lead-lined coffin 60 feet down. So what basically happens is as soon as um, this person is interred and the head is interred, as soon as the head is, head is brought up, there is a sudden urge amongst anyone who's been to Roslyn to actually start going to Edinburgh to seize the head and return it to the White Tower. So suddenly you have all these tourists sort of going on Edinburgh. It happens to also be the second week of August. Um, <laughs> the Fringe Festival. Also so known as Hell Week. Yeah, sure. so, 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 so suddenly there's hundreds of thousands of people start to start to head to Edinburgh. And in the middle of a train strike, of course, making even greater hell. Um to to see to seize this head and uh, so as the uh, as the party sort of are talking to the head, suddenly they realise that the whole of Edinburgh seems to be converging upon them. And uh, so what what the party do is up to this. What they what they actually need to do is they need to they need to contact the two ravens, Hugin and Mujin, who are literally in a in a tree, kind of overlooking overlooking the site because they they 
got their got yeah. their first obviously they're fake they're fake creatures so what they need to do is to basically negotiate with the ravens for the head for the head to be officially returned to the raven's tower before otherwise otherwise it's just going to be seized by all these uh all these crazed tourists so the the big bad isn't it it can either be the head itself or it sort of is the raven's tower and 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 the two ravens in particular hujin and mujin so so the big climax is when you get all these hundreds of tourists sort of descending upon the upon the party intent on seizing seizing the head of yeah, yeah, much yeah. like when when they descend to try and get tickets for shows. Exactly, um, yeah, it's yeah, that, very that, similar. The, the thing is that no, that no one actually realizes what's going on because they just assume that everybody's converging on Edinburgh for the festival. Brilliant, brilliant, good. Mark, big bad stroke, big wow. Yeah, so one of my favourite books, Snow Crash, the end of the first chapter. It says at the end, and after that, it was just another car chase. Um, and I kind of wrote at the end of, when I was sort of sketching out the notes for for my little bit, I just put, and after that, it's just Avengers Endgame. Um, because it's 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 the big showdown. And the the problem, the problem is, yeah, there's eight episodes of this, uh, there's eight chapters in this story uh, plus a session zero figure each one's going to take about three weeks to play uh, at least so or three sessions to play so if you're playing every week you know you've topped three eight so you've you've already topped six months if you're playing every other week it's a year yeah i see it as being like a decade long <laughs> labor of love but, but it's so it's a year be on much, much like giving birth, very similar. Well, so one year's worth of somebody's gaming time or a group's gaming time, potentially. Um, and I thought, well, how do you put the capper on that? How do you, what can you do? And I was a little bit uh, struggling for inspiration. And when I do that, I have two tattoos. I only have two tattoos on the arm. On, on my left forearm, it says WW. NBD, which stands for what would Neil Benson do? Um, <laughs> and and on the other arm it says kill them all. Um, which I wreck which in retrospect, yes, was a bad choice. Um it's 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 caused no end of problems. Um I I I listened to the first half. What how could this be? Um how could this be made difficult or awkward? Um, for the for the gaming group, how could it become unpleasant for them? Um, and then thinking about uh, Avengers Endgame, I thought to myself, "Oh, it's obvious." Now, in uh, bear in mind, this was with my um, uh, hostage prince. Um, as the final confrontation came, my intention was that the Selkie would say, "Well, no, you can't just take the hostage prince. I I need you to leave one of your one of you here." So one of the players would deliberately miss. One of the players would have to decide, or between them, they would have to decide who would sit out the final battle, who would not participate in the confrontation that will end this 12-month campaign. So my big bad is Neil Benson. 
<laughs> we've we've now lost Neil Benson. Is it? <laughs> Listen, to... <laughs> I don't know. I think don't he'd know. be very happy. Actually, I think he's going to be extremely happy to hear this. He's sitting there listening to that gun. He's been too soft on them. Uh, it should have been harsher. Neil, I apologise. <laughs> I don't. Brilliant. Neil Benson. <laughs> I like WWNBD. I've been searching for a tattoo. I may actually get that tattoo. <laughs> well, okay. So, so my, my my one obviously was, I kind of shot my bolt earlier on. My big bad is Agnes Sampson. Uh, Agnes Sampson, who was the, uh, the witch put to the, Put to the torture, put to the question, and and he actually did. Oh, sorry, he actually did it. I don't know that. It's reported that he actually questioned her and questioned in inverted commas as well. So I was having the fact that Agnes Sampson is essentially sort of like Day of the Jackal. She is going to be turning up at the coronation, and she is going to be. Uh, so powerful that she's going to try and slaughter the entire royal family. And somehow the PCs of A, to identify her, B, stop her from going, I was thinking maybe she looks a little bit like um, Camilla. So you could have this sort of very difficult sort of, you know, do we shoot Camilla? Was it Camilla? No. It was a... Shit, it wasn't. <laughs> We've killed Camilla. <laughs> Sorry, Camilla. Uh, so Agnes Sampson, I think, is my... Because I, I'm what I was sort of coming to the, the idea of, she's the person who really starts it. There's so much outrage on both sides of the liminal and... and uh, certainly on the liminal divide. Uh, that that she becomes almost like a, almost like a figurehead, almost imbued with this sort of those those who are sort of uh, unwilling, if you like, to set to sign. So Agnes Sampson, which Camilla, is what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> there's no way I'm getting my OBE now, is there? Sugar. Right. We need a vote. We need a vote. So I'm going to do it in the time on tradition of celebrity squares. And uh, as we always say, when Mike is usually knocking about, the can, you re- can you do a oh, quick read? Can you do a quick read, Dave? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I will do it. We'll come, we'll come to, we're going to start with Mark because Mark, you're top left in my screen. So we have, we have the army of the Fachen, a huge battle with the mast the massed people of uh, Edinburgh uh, who are uh, about to descend on Holyrood. Somehow we've got to play the pipes to summon this army of the Fachem. And and therefore our big wow moment is this huge pitched battle between the liminal versus this sort of horrific kind of uh, group of tourists. We have Fabio. We have, uh, it's D who's trying to obviously kill all the fail. What he what the fay rather what he's done is he's he's produced Frankenstein's golem composed of all the other bads in the scenarios all the ones that you think we've defeated. Uh, 
with Andrew, it was about searching for the head of Bran the Blessed. And once you've found Bran the Blessed head, again, this sort of liminal um, sort of seepage has come out of the Rosslyn Chapel. Um, and somehow we've got to get this head back to uh, the Raven's Tower before uh, the, the party being hunted by by um, either the tourists of the masked sweaty bands of the uh, of tourists. But I'm assuming they'll be pursued all the way back to the to the Tower of, of, of London, the Raven's Tower. We have Mark, which you won't be able to vote for, but Mark, you have uh, what would Neil Benson do? Clearly kill them all. One of the players has to sacrifice themselves, which is, sorry, as you said, would be a big, big moment, I think, in, in, in the game. So somebody has to sacrifice themselves to free the prince hostage. We have Paul, who's, who's real big baddie, is James the First and Sixth. But similarly, we've had King Bran's head is buried with this dampier with the measuring device. Um, and and it can stop the headless ghosts, or rather, you have to use it to 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 uh, to stop the headless ghosts from trying to nick uh, poor Brand's head um, to be their head. Or alternatively, we have Agnes Sampson, who is which looks similar to a member of the royal family who shall remain nameless now, in case there's a chance of an MBE. I'll even take you know. I'll take something less than that. I don't really mind any kind of honour, really. Uh, but it's Agnes Sampson, which who were put to the question by James the First and Sixth. So, Mark, what is your vote for the Big Wow for Episode Eight, Series Three? Again, very difficult. But um, Fabio, you mad bastard! I mean, it's 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 yeah. Frankenstein oil golem. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, Frankenstein's golem. I, I, it's in in the, the sequence of squares. It's me next. I'm also going for Fabio. I I think the the idea of of those big bads being resurrected. You think you've defeated them, and all the way through the D Corporation have been trying to get. I think that's a great idea. So I too am voting for Fabio's Frankenstein's golem. Uh, Andrew, you're next on the uh, Celebrity Squares. Again, all great ideas, but uh, I, I can't let Camilla the Witch pass, I'm afraid. I'm going to have to go with Camilla the Witch. I think you find her name is Agnes. That's what you'll be thinking now, every time you see her. It's Agnes. <laughs> Fabio, Fabio, you cannot vote for your own golem. So what would you like to vote for? Um, again, I've got to take something from mine. It, I mean, it's the end of the campaign. It's got to be something big. So uh, a single witch is not doing it for me. Um, uh, a ghost looking for the head is not going to do it for me. So it's a toss, practically a toss of a coin between Andrew's Taurus and, again, the brand head. But Tamsin, you got me. Bunch of tourists, the army of the... Fran, the Fracken. Fracken. Oh, yeah, it's it screams Scottish. It's it's a huge number of people. You can get the investigators and players or liminal guys all mixed up. Everybody's got these different outfits, so you don't know who's who. The whole thing it just speaks of a big, big grand finale, the end of this campaign. So it's Tamsin. Pitched battle of Tamsin. Okay, Tamsin is you now. Oh. Can't vote for your own pitch battle, I'm afraid. 
Oh, it's a tough one. Normally, I know exactly who I want to vote for, but this one's really tough. So the gala maid of all the monsters is like genius to bring it to a campaign. You know, you're bringing up all the stuff from the past, but I'm like, is that enough for the fairy bagpipes? Because that's what we're talking about here. So, you know, maybe that'll be part of it. Maybe, you know, we'll definitely get that in as like the moves bouche of uh, the attacks. Um, but I don't think it's quite, you know, enough for the fairy bagpipes. Then I was thinking, you know, sacrificing, sacrificing one of the players, maybe playing the bagpipes, they die. You know, they're in the energy is so much from the bagpipes that they have to kind of sacrifice themselves by playing it as the energy curses through them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the heads. I mean, I'm still of the bring back Lockwood and company um, kind of thing. And I, I love a talking head. Um, Who doesn't? And so that one, I, I think there's the scope with all the ghosts. Because like we said, I mean, we haven't mentioned really ghosts didn't come up in mine at all. And Edinburgh is so linked to ghosts. Um, that it would be a shame, I think, not to bring in, you know, resurrectionist ghosts and having fights with unionist ghosts. Do you know what I mean? I think there could be a lot of kind of really good history as the fu- the ghosts actually argue with each other. Um, okay. And then uh, I can't give you a witch vote again. I feel like I've given you like two witch votes. <laughs> and they've, been, they've not worked. So no, no witch votes. So I think I'm going to go with talking heads and army of ghosts that need the bagpipes if that makes sense so you you kind of have the head kind of rallies all the ghosts in edinburgh to try and disrupt the treaty and you need the bagpipes so that makes kind of the most sense to me but with the golem as a, a a preemptive ending like you think it's all over no so essentially, every single one except me. <laughs> right, let so me try and wedge it in. Come on, I can. <laughs> oh yeah, and someone dying when they fight as well. So that's oh, my you... vote. My vote is everyone but Dave. Specifically, is Andrew <laughs> or Paul with their King King Bran? Although strictly speaking, James the First and Sixth was Paul's nasty man. Is it Andrew or Paul? Oh God! Who are you going for? Um, uh, um, um, Pandre. Pandre. <laughs> no, I said Pandre. I was trying to be clever. Go for Paul. He's got the ghost. Paul's got the ghost. I don't have any ghosts. Okay. So. Okay. So, Paul then. Now it comes down Paul. to Doctor Doctor Sir Paul Michener. Okay. We have we have a vote currently for uh, Tamsin and the Army of the Fachen. We have two votes for the composed. Golem uh, of the big bads from the other scenarios in Fabio. And then we have one vote for yourself. You can't clearly vote for yourself. And we have one vote for Agnes Sampson, similarly, similarly sort of uh, looking to a member of the royal family, possibly. Where is your vote going to go? Okay. So let me think. So Agnes Sampson, yeah, I mean, I, I do like Agnes Sampson. However, I've got too much sympathy with her for it to be a big bad. <laughs> I hear you. you know, she's not the baddie. Yeah, it's the yeah. one who cut off her head who's the baddie. 
Very true. And Mark, yes, I like the idea of sacrificing one of the characters. However, there's so many people saying not sacrificing one of the characters, but sacrificing one of the players. And frankly, I am against sacrificing any of the players. And hmm. this confusion means I can't vote for Mark. I'm You've sorry. gone soft. Not, it's not your fault, but You've that's soft. How, it feel, how I feel. <laughs> Fabio's is a really, yeah, really appropriate ending. Tamsin, I do love a Fakan, and I do love the idea of the army of Taurus there. But, you know, I want my talking head. So it's going to have to be Andrew. So a vote for Andrew. Now then, totaling those votes up, everybody. One for Tamsin. One for Andrew. One for Paul. One for myself, Mark, I'm afraid. Much as everybody <laughs> loves Neil. I vote Fabio, with the golem comprised of the other bads in the scenarios, is the big bad. Thank you. For, for episode <laughs> eight, you. series three. Oh, controversy. Controversy there. So I didn't really I didn't really listen to all the all the um episodes because I was only got through about a few of them. So it was oh I could just picture the kind of like Miss Muffet torso and the giants comprising the part-time giants compri comprising of each leg. But I, I just forgot I forgot who were the rest of them. There was a the hunters. And all the rest, you know yeah. what I mean? You've got the werewolves of Ingerman Thorpe. Oh, it's actually, uh, it was Paul Baker. Well, no, Tom, Tom, uh, Ted Baker. Ted Baker, Baker. poisoner of the uh, werewolves of Ingerman Thorpe. <laughs> don't, don't blame yourself, Fabio. He makes them too long. I mean, I, I've said this before. The podcasts are too long, just like this one. Too long. <laughs> this might be too long. <laughs> it's less than Brilliant. two hours, Tabs. Yeah, we've done it. We've done it, everybody. We've beaten under two hours. Well done. Lots to <laughs> you've got to you've got to put the fairy bagpipes to destroy the golem or something like that. that oh, the fairy yeah. bagpipes are in there. Yeah, they're definitely in there because they're part of the uh, the uh, main scenario. Listen, fantastic. Thank you, everybody. I've laughed like that for a while, so it's good. Really good fun. Thank you all very much. It, long last, I made an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, thank you very much indeed for your participation. And uh, we'll do a couple of mop-up episodes, I think, as well. So maybe we'll we'll sort of drag you all back in at some stage. And I can't thank you enough. It's been absolutely brilliant. Really good fun. Good. All right. See you all later. Thanks very much. Thank, thank you, you very much. Everybody. Right. So there you have it. That was episode eight, series three. Edinburgh, land of the ghosts. <laughs> and uh, we've got everything in there. We've got uh, Troll, <laughs> the Troll under the bridge. We've got the, the Fay bagpipes. We've got the Fachen. We've got a Golem in there. We've got a Frankenstein's monster. Blimey. It's going to be a good one. Uh, so thanks ever so much again to uh, Tamsin, Andrew, Fabio, Mark, and obviously uh, Paul. Not the least of which, Paul, thank you for making the game in the first place. So that'll be, broadly speaking, the way that the campaign's going to be plotted out. I'm sorry this was a very long episode. Number of contributors plus lots of stuff going on. So um, 
what we'll probably do now is I think there'll be at least one probably two episodes where we now look at how we're going to sort of tie things together there's a few things sort of knocking about in the background you know what's the the underpinnings some of that looks like um the royal family it's all taking place around the royal family and the new coronation we've got a timeline that we need to source out we've got to make sure that we properly involved the original idea which came from nook which was um the uh, a1 the great road north or the great north road so there's a few bits and pieces out, and then we'll start looking about how we knock it into shape i suspect there'll be a couple of uh, episodes there where we can have a conversation with people hopefully putting this down onto paper and then what we'll do is we'll take you through the um, the process of trying to get it made. Now that's what that's the, what we're trying to do. Whether we'll actually succeed or not, I don't know. But uh, hopefully you'll join us for that. I suspect that may end up being sort of series four, but uh, we shall see. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to all of these insane ramblings. Um, but hopefully you've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, take care of yourselves, everybody, and see you soon. All right. Thanks for listening.